No? The recorder. Here, I remember doing it. Remember doing the recorder at school? I could master the left hand. I could do jingle bells, right, with one hand. See, when it brought in the other hand, all over. I knew I was never going to be a musician. But God bless you, those of you who are. And all those folks, it's wonderful to, to be back properly and to be together like this. Um, in four weeks' time, uh, kind of is sort of our anniversary, I guess. We, we started, we launched the church in October, um, four years ago. So it'll be beginning of five years. And we kind of launched it and we planted the church and we keep continuing to lead what we just absolutely love for, for lots of different reasons. But the key, and king, the, the key, key reason was for his kingdom to come. You know, why would we do this? Why would we go to such lengths? It's to see his kingdom. It's to see the kingdom come. And so Jesus, as he taught his disciples to pray, it's that well-known prayer, which I'm so glad that as a child, we used to sing it every single day um, in primary school. In fact, whenever it used to get to the Holy Ghost, you know, when you're like five, you just laughed because it was like funny. And then obviously they changed the language on that. Um, but he teaches his disciples, our, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come here and now on earth. And so it's not like this, your kingdom come. We, we as Christians can be kind of led into this false belief that your kingdom come, oh, someday, someday we're going to finish and we'll cross the finishing line and we'll get to be in heaven forever and ever and ever. And that's great. And yes, we will. Yes, we will. That is the promise. That's the hope that we have. But that's only part of the deal. That's only half of the gospel, really. And the other half of the gospel really is about, is now, here on earth, God has ordained uh, uh, that his kingdom would come as it is in heaven here on earth. And so many of us, I think, we live in this earth kind of life. It's like, oh man, I've got to get up for work and got to insure the car. Or, oh man, I pranged the car. I've got to go sort that out. And oh, what are we having for dinner? And we're worried about the kids because they're doing their AQE test this year. And are they going to get to do this? And it's like, oh, this is all earth stuff. It's earth stuff. And that's where he has us right now. And that's where we live. But actually, God has more for us. God has ordained a time and a place here on earth that we would actually see the kingdom come, that heaven would touch earth. And so right now, as we stand and we sing songs to Jesus, it's like we're joining in with the angels. It's not just about singing songs. We're actually, actually joining in with heaven. We're ushering. As we're standing there and we're praying, we're, we're worshiping, and I'm, I'm just saying, yes, he breaks every chain. He breaks every chain. He breaks in the name of Jesus. He breaks every chain. They're not just words that we sing, but they can be just words that we sing, right? But there's more to it. It's more to it. There is more because he has and wants to bring his kingdom here on earth. So over the next coming weeks, we're looking at this. We're going to dive into this to discover what Jesus really meant by it. What it actually looks like. What does the kingdom look like? Uh, what does it feel like? Because it's experiential. It's a feeling-based thing as well as a seeing-based thing. And what part do we get to play? Because he invites us into the journey that we would do that as well. So this morning we're going to look and now focus our time on discovering uh, the kingdom.
When Jesus came to earth, he painted this radical vision to his disciples. He painted this picture and he called it the kingdom of God. And you'll read the phrase 62 times um, in Luke's gospel and other areas of the New Testament, uh, this phrase, the kingdom of God. And sometimes in Matthew, he refers to the same thing as the kingdom of heaven. So when you read that, the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, they're the same thing. John the Baptist He's the guy that comes before Jesus, right? He's like the forerunner. He's like the, if any of you are in around the Giro, the, the, the cycle race, which I just loved and I'm going to reminisce for a little bit. It's like the caravan that kind of came through before the cyclists came. And they parked up in Carrick. Those of you who went down there and they're throwing out freebies, they're like, they're coming, they're coming. They're about 40 minutes away. The cyclists, they're coming. John the Baptist was like, they came. He came to prepare the way for Jesus. He's like the announcer. He was like, Jesus, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming, the king is coming. It's a bit like the, the, in a boxing fight, you've got the, the announcer comes onto the stage and weighing in and, and 69 kilograms in the red corner is, that's my best American accent. It's like, it's the announcer, it's like on the stage here tonight, playing for one show only is, that's John's role, that's John's role. Then he gets his head cut off. That wasn't much fair, or much fun, or very fair, really. But there you go. That was his job. And he's, and, but this is what he said. He said as he's out there baptizing people in the river, he's saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And he gets to baptize Jesus. And Jesus comes, and, he, and the Holy Spirit descends upon him. And he's led into the desert for 40 days, 40 nights. And he begins his ministry and he says that same, same um, phrase, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This kingdom is a heavenly reality, bang smack on earth, right there, right then, and right now. The kingdom is heaven here now on earth. The kingdom is the way that things really should be. When we look and when we live our lives, we very much live with black and white, right and wrong. What's truth? What's not truth? And there's certain things that happen. We just think, oh man, cancer. That's happened. How that ha well, that's, that's, just, that's just a reality that sadly many people live with personally or have been affected by some way. Oh man, that's just, that's the doctors. Oh, we're, we're, oh goodness. All, they're just, that's, I don't know why I said that, by the way. It's not in the notes. I've just said that. And this maybe is affecting other people's lives right here, right now. That's a reality. That's an earthly reality. But the way things should be is not cancer. The way things should be is a place without sickness, without sadness, without trauma, without any of that crap right and so we pray and we go after cancer that's just one thing we're going to go after that because death has lost its sting because our redeemer has come and he's come that the kingdom of heaven the, the jesus stuff is a earthly reality okay so we're going to go after that stuff and we're going to pray for the sick we're going to pray into situations. Do you know, here's the thing. 
as we were worshiping this morning and we were praying that he breaks every change. There's freedom in the name of Jesus. I, I know I've already said that. I don't know why I've come back to it again. I'm all over the show this morning. It's, it's like freedom is taking place right here and right now. And, and I almost sense like for some of us, we're beginning to believe that. Oh, could I dare to believe that that could actually happen in my life and in the lives of other people around me? Can I just dare to believe that? So when Jesus comes from heaven to earth as an earthling amongst us, he declares that promise there and then to those people. And his disciples are like, can we dare to believe it? Can we dare to believe that what you say and what you do is true and is real? Can we dare to believe that? Because they knew of a kingdom. They lived in a kingdom. They had kingdoms all around them. And they were overthrown by a Roman oppressor at the time. But they knew that the promise. They knew this promise from Isaiah and lots of other times. Little snippets, little clues that were, that were speaking towards the, this reality, this kingdom on earth. For us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And a government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice, with righteousness from that time on forever and ever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty, he will accomplish this. Despite this, the people, they would have longed for this world, a society that was different, a place without oppression, I was thinking about this this morning. I was thinking about what it means for a kingdom. Think of a king, right? Think of, this will bless some of you here. Think of the king of England. Think of Braveheart, right? Any Scottish folks among us? Really? I can't believe that. Ah. Oh. So, Braveheart, it's a brilliant film. Second favorite film. And even though I'm English, and it totally uh, is horrible towards the English noise, but it was right. It was like there was a king that ruled his people, and not only ruled his people, but conquered others around. And this so-called thing became an empire, the British Empire. And we got on ships, and we went all around the world, and we conquered places. And it was rule and reign over people, over people with oppression. And it was like, you're going to do this for me because I'm the king. Because that's how kingdoms work. And yet Jesus' kingdom is flipping that upside down. He came to serve. He came to set free. And where there was injustice, he came that there would be justice, that there would be righteousness, and that people would be set free. And, it was, and that's what I love, understanding this thing called the kingdom, which we're going to do, is begin to think differently thinking that's so countercultural. It's so opposite to what is on earth. But actually, remember this. I'm probably going to come back to this phrase. The kingdom is the way that it should be. And Jesus comes, and let's not misunderstand this. Jesus is the king. It's him. So as we look at the kingdom, we're going to look at that a lot. Let's not forget he's the king. It's him who we worship. But he came into the mess of those people's lives. And today he comes into the mess of our lives. Because he didn't come to rub it in. He came to rub it out. 
I remember going to the dump as a kid, um, you know, the local dump and whatever it was, you cleared out the garage or you cleaned out the shed or your old toys or whatever it was and then bringing the grass uh, cuttings in, in black bags to the dump. And it was, a, it, was a, it was an event, you know, and it still is for some of us today. We pile up the car and we drive up to the dump and, oh, it's closed again. Um, <laughs> oh, is it just me? <laughs> Flip me, I've been to the dump so many times. It's like 50-50, is it going to be open? And there's a big sign there, it's closed for three hours while we do what? God bless them, they do. So you're there, and you're there. You're going to the dump. And it's like, it's so satisfying, isn't it? You get rid of all this stuff. But as a kid, you go there. It's like, it's like this sort of excitement about going there. It's just junk. It's just rubbish. And you've got piles and piles of rubbish. And you know how it works. You've got the metal there. You've got the grass there. You've got the cardboard and all that stuff going on. But there's such a stinky smell about the place. But you, there's something intriguing as a child, as you as you see and as you smell all that goes on, and you just think, man, there's beauty in the mess. There's a beauty in the mess. And that's really our message this morning, is that there's something beautiful, something amazing about the mess. For me, a couple of things. One man's junk is another man's treasure. I have a friend of mine um, in Oma, and I've been to the dump with him in Oma, and he, he, he'll, be, he'll be, what did I say it was funny there? Okay, so, so we go to the dump, and home oh, is a dump? Is that right? <laughs> oh, I went for a dump. <laughs> is that what I said? I never know what I'm saying. Ah, oh, spirit-led this morning. <laughs> That's blasphemy. <laughs> I'm in all trouble. So, so, anyway, my friend, in Oma, we would go to the local refuge, what's it called? Tip. Oh, we go for tip, do we? There's a proper name for it. It's not a refuge, that's different. It's not. What's it called? Recycling centre. There's a refuge. It's not a refuge. Oh, refuse. Oh, with an S, not a G. Oh, dear. My goodness. I'm not on drugs. <laughs> if you're a guest here this morning, recover. Get to the notes. Stick to the notes. Okay, there's that. Well, I'll tell you the Oma story at coffee. There was something amazing about going to the, to, to the dump. <laughs> because I was with one of my parents. And that was it. There was something amazing about going with dad or going with mum to the dump. You were spending time with them. Into the mess. But there's beauty, beauty in the mess. And so defining the kingdom is a beautiful mess. It's an interesting phrase. Because God is not messy. And why would his kingdom be so? Think of it like this. Think of new life. New life comes out of decay. It comes out of loss. It comes out of uh, the mess. We sang it this morning. There is beauty in our tears. His plans are still to prosper. He's not forgotten us. He's with us in the fire. He's with us in the flood. And he's with us in the dump. He's with us in those places. And the kingdom is where beauty comes to the mess. And that's what he did. By coming, he stepped right into our mess. 
Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Poor in spirit simply means that you have no moral riches, no spiritual contentment or fulfillment, and that you are in need. Those who feel that they are sinful, those who are fearful, those who just need God's intervention, dominion in their lives, theirs is the kingdom. And blessed are they. Happy are the have-nots. Favored are the forgotten. Honored are the weak. Beauty in the mess. Blessed are the poor in spirit. But... Here we go. Christians don't like mess. Say it again. Christians don't like mess. Not in our kingdoms and sometimes in our churches. We kind of run away from it sometimes. And somewhere we've fallen for this notion that when we become a Christian, when Jesus enters our life, he sets us free from everything there and then. But that isn't the reality. It's just the beginning. We are new creations in him but it's a process of continual change and sanctification. We strive to please and we groan in our own brokenness and our own weakness, looking for full redemption. But what we can end up doing is we can end up running around with our mops and our buckets and our brushes and, pr- and pretend to be sweeping stuff away that doesn't exist in our lives. And we create our own little kingdoms and our kingdoms say this, we can fix our messes. We can do it. When actually... The reality is in Jesus' kingdom, only he can fix it. Only he can do it. And he starts with our messes and he makes something absolutely beautiful. Things that we could never imagine. And that brings us to beauty. The kingdom of God is the living, breathing presence and purpose of reign of God on our planet called earth. It's everything good, everything right, everything wholesome, truth, um, everything that brings life It's the result of the king, and it's beautiful. And I'm sorry to bore you again. Those of you who know me, I say this sort of stuff lots and lots of time. I am never more happier than on my own or with someone that I like a lot, on a bike or out in the forest or up a mountain or by a river or whatever it is along the beach. That, for me, is my place. It's the place I come alive. And it's where I I most kind of... It's easy for me to see the kingdom and express the kingdom and be, be with the king in those places at those times. I just love it. It's what brings me alive. And I appreciate that for some of you, that might be your thing too. But for others, it's reading a book. It's drinking fine wine. It's uh, going for a chat with your friend. It's photography. It's nature. It's those things that bring you alive that the king has ordained, that the king has allowed us, that has given to us to experience. I remember someone saying, I'm not sure I want to go to heaven if it's just going to be one boring church service. And, and the guy said to me, he said, well, what do you imagine? What's the most favorite thing that you love doing? And the guy said, the thing that I love to do most is sit at Lord's watching cricket, drinking beer. That for him was his, that was his thing. It says, well, well, heaven, that's just part of what God has given that man to enjoy. To enjoy that was good and was wholesome and was right. And it's that and much, much more together with the king. You see, here's the thing. We can do all that stuff without the king. And it's not the kingdom, right? But if we acknowledge all that is good and right, then that's the kingdom. 
That's like, I remember someone saying, they were talking about worship, and they were talking about, ah, oh, this is worship, and this is, when we sing, and we stand and we sing, that is, our, that is one of the best ways that we can express our worship. But this guy said, I feel like I worship when I snowboard. It's like, oh, you've lost your rocker, mate. That's like new age thinking. That's like just dumb. But as he began to think about it, it's like, well, why not? Why, why can this thing that God's given not be a way to express? I remember the quote that, um, uh, what's your man? Eric Liddell, the, the Chariots of Fire man said, Fire man, he wasn't a fire man. Chariots of Fire runner bloke man said, he said, he said I, um, God made me fast. He made me for a purpose. He made me for a reason. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. Feel his pleasure. So all that is good, all that stuff, go do it with the king and look to bring the kingdom to others as you do that. So as you go kayaking on Belfast Lock, invite a friend who doesn't know Jesus. Invite the king there. Try walking on water while you're there, that would be good too. (laughs) But here's the thing, it's not just the hobbies and the things that we love about life that Jesus came for and he stepped in to bring the kingdom. It's actually the broken, messy stuff. They're the places, that's the, uh, that's the stuff that he really, really wants to come to. And you know, here's the thing. Where did Jesus go to? Who were the people that he most wanted to go visit in those days? Just picture it. You've read the gospel. You know that. Today, here on earth, he comes. Where is he going to go? Who are the people groups that he's going to visit? It's the ostracized. It's the, it's the victims. It's the... It's those who've been trafficked. It's, 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 you can imagine, they're the places, they're the people, they're the dark places where there is injustice, where there is oppression. And God calls us to go to those places to bring the kingdom there, here, now, on earth. Let's move on a wee bit. What if the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field? When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Jesus tells this parable, a story to expose a hidden truth and meaning. And it suggests a man finding treasure that he wasn't actually looking for, to be honest. He was in the field and he found the treasure. What he does is he goes, he sells everything for this one treasure. He gives up everything for this one thing. The kingdom, he was saying, is valuable, it's powerful, it's invasive, it's unbelievably beautiful. The kingdom is waiting to be discovered in the dirt and the mess of there and every, every one of our lives. It's a prize and a treasure worth everything. Many of you were tired of, of living in our own personal constructed kingdoms, our own things, where you're the king, where you're the queen. Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. And his kingdom is here. His kingdom is here right now, here on earth as it is in heaven. And he invites us to go discover it. He invites us to play our role in it. He discovers, uh, he invites us to meet and to have intimacy and to have a relationship with the king. And that's Jesus. So that's just a bit of an introduction of where we're going over the next few weeks. I'd really encourage you is, is go through the Gospels. Go with Matthew. Some really good stuff in there. And, uh, and in Luke, kind of tells it, I think, a little bit differently. 
But, uh, but unpack some of those stories, the parables. He, there's seven parables there in Matthew, I think it's Matthew 13. Have a look at that and, and ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying? What was Jesus trying to say to us about the kingdom there? But it's not just what he talked about that we're going to discover. It's actually what Jesus did because Jesus, he, he demonstrated the kingdom through signs and wonders, through the miraculous. And we're going to talk about that and we're going to go after that. We're going to do that. And we're going to start right now, right here, right now. Isn't that good? Some of you are thinking, my goodness, I just wanted to come to church and sit at the back. Now I've got to do stuff. This is getting really interesting. Why don't we stand? We're just going to worship uh, just a little bit more and then pray. God, again, as we, as we sing these songs, we, we want to just be part of what you're doing in heaven. We want it here on earth now. Your kingdom come. Yeah. 
heaven come folks this morning just really sense a, um, a couple of groups of people really it could be the same could be the same person by the way but the first one is this it's like you've come you've heard your experience it's like God is stirring something up in you just this morning that could be really new to you, you know, it could be sort of something that's kind of familiar what's going on uh, maybe just a bit confused by the teaching and trying to unpack and understand well, what does that actually mean what is that and that's okay but you know in yourself that there's more that he has more he has more for you and your life and this this thing that we speak of it's like yes that's that's inviting it's it's um it's tangible it's real but it's 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 like irresistible i want more i want more of him and i want more of what is being said there so that, that's that's the first group of people and then the other is this it's like god is wanting to restore what the locusts have eaten because when there's things that the enemy has stolen is robbed and killed and destroyed jesus comes as a good shepherd to restore 
It's like the scars. You may live with scars, but actually he restores to a place um, where it's okay again. In fact, it's more than okay again. And he's wanting to bring his kingdom there to, to restore what the years the locusts have eaten. So if that makes any sense to any of you, we'd love to pray with you. And to do that, I'm just going to invite you to be bold and to be brave. And that's just come and stand with me here, would you? And folks, uh, if that's not you, but you, your experience, you've done a little bit of training or a lot of training, how to pray for people, would you come up now as well? Because I really think God wants to do some amazing things this morning. So that's great. Folks, why don't we come? I know it's that part you're just like, you're just not sure. But come on up. Don't be afraid. It's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing, Lord. Thank you. Your kingdom is at hand. The kingdom is someone here that cancer is a big deal to you right now for some it could be the fear of cancer happened to someone in your family and it's something that you fear Uh, it could be as well for someone who has a loved one right now it's just that's the journey they're on we want to pray we want to pray that the kingdom will come into that so if that's you in fact, if that's you right now, would you just stick your hand up? I'm not going to invite you out. I just want to see. Thank you. Yeah. Anyone else? Okay. Well, thank you. That's wonderful. I'm going to pray now. As others here are being prayed for, uh, we're just going to go for that. Jesus, right now, we pray that your kingdom will come into the lives of those who have just indicated they know you know God and right now we simply pray kingdom come would your kingdom come to those people we declare freedom and we declare healing now places to those people God we just pray that the enemy would rob no more your days are done death has lost its thing and Jesus has the last say Jesus has the last say anything anything else there's prayer for healing or whatever then then please come there's folks really willing and, and able to to pray with you 
these guys are going to continue to lead us in worship. If you wanted to stay there and just sit or stand and continue to worship, then please do. But otherwise, we're, we're done for this morning. Uh, one of you, if you've come together as a couple, will need to collect uh, your kids. Uh, and you're all invited behind the big doors there as a cafe. We have tea and coffee, donuts, biscuits, and you're really, really uh, welcome. You're invited to stay. But otherwise, go sign up to the life groups. See you Wednesday. 